the Tibetan Book of the Dead in 1927, our understanding of the philosophy and practices relating to this magnificent cycle of teachings has deepened profoundly and brought the contemporary relevance of its insights into ever sharper focus. We now have a much expanded knowledge of the symbolism through which the understandings related to the nature of consciousness and human experience are presented. We now understand the subtle meditative techniques used as the vehicle for exploring the nature of our mental and sensory processes, and we have a deeper knowledge of the origins of the text. In selecting the extracts for this volume, I have tried to present those sections of the complete translation which most directly address the deepening of our insight into our own psychological habits and perspectives, our understanding of the process of dying, and the nature of the after-death state and the challenges of bereavement. At the same time, in my short introductions to each chapter, I have drawn on my own personal experience to further highlight the immediate relevance of each facet of these teachings to our contemporary lives. Where relevant, I have also described the parallels between the description of the after-death state revealed in the Tibetan Book of the Dead with the accounts of near-death experiences documented in contemporary medical research. As the Dalai Lama discusses in his introduction, which follows, meditative techniques, both for developing the ability to focus attention on the processes of one's own mind and senses, and for penetrating deeper into the nature of our sensory and mental processes, lie at the core of the higher meditative practices of Tibetan Buddhism. At the heart of these meditative skills are the sophisticated practices, through which the masters of these meditative traditions simulate the process of the dissolution of consciousness at the moment of death, and through which the accomplished meditator can develop a penetrating experiential understanding of the processes of the mind in deep sleep, dreams, and the waking state. These highly refined and polished contemplative skills have been part of the daily practice of generation after generation of great masters for more than two thousand years. Still today, when deepening their understanding of the processes of consciousness, it is not unusual for accomplished practitioners to remain in solitary retreat for sustained periods of up to thirty years. It is the disciplined application of these meditative practices which is the source of the insights presented in this cycle of texts. Within a literary context, we now know that the ultimate source of the insights presented in the Tibetan Book of the Dead was first described in the root text on which the Tibetan Book of the Dead is based, the Guyagarbha Tantra. The Guyagarbha Tantra is thought to have been originally composed in the 6th century by the Buddhist masters King Indrabhuti and Kukaraja from Sahor in northwest India. The Tantra text itself describes its source as a revelation received by the king while in retreat from the primordial Buddha Samantabhadra. According to this lineage of Tibetan Buddhism, Samantabhadra is the meditational deity who is the embodiment of pure awareness, the natural purity of mental consciousness. In other words, the text attributes the ultimate source of these teachings to a direct, complete, and sustained experiential understanding of the ultimate nature of mind, a form of meditation which is still commonly practiced today for beginning to develop such a sustained experiential understanding is presented in the chapter Uncovering the Nature of Mind. The arrival in Tibet of the complete cycle of teachings now known in the West as the Tibetan Book of the Dead 
is attributed in our text to the great Indian Buddhist tantric master Padmasambhava. Padmasambhava, along with the eminent Indian scholar from Nalanda University, Santaraksita, and the Tibetan king Trisong Detson, formally established Buddhism in Tibet during the 8th century. Most Tibetans today still revere Padmasambhava as a second Buddha. In other words, he is regarded as one who, through the training of the mind in the various levels of meditative practice, has awoken to a complete knowledge of the mind's actual nature. The mystical story of the first teaching of our text in the court of King Trisong Detson is described in the histories written by later holders of this lineage of teaching. When Padmasambhava was nearing the completion of his direct spiritual work and teaching in Tibet, the sovereign Trisong Detson and his son Prince Mutri Tsenpo, along with the translator Chakraluhi Gelston and others, offered him a mandala of gold and turquoise and fervently